This is the Blue Gold Report, brought to you by New West Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Surgery of Kearney. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Joining us will be Brad Coima of Coima and K. Megan, Sioux Center, Iowa. If you hear the background noise, we are at the Nebraska State Fair, so it is day one of the fair. They have got dairy cattle that have been showed all morning, and sheep will be showed this afternoon, so a busy time for those in attendance. And a good day to talk about some livestock markets with Brad. As we look at this cattle market, um, talk about some descending cash cattle markets. What are you seeing in this trade? Well, we had a tough week, I think. Uh, this week on the cash, last week was modestly lower. Um, we've, you know, the south kind of traded cattle at 109. Uh, the north here struggled to get cattle sold here all week. It felt to me like, well, the reality was that we didn't get a lot of cattle sold here again, and what we sold was sort of lower. Uh, you know, bids today finishing up in that 106 to 107 range. Uh, it was 108 yesterday. Uh, I sold a few at 108.50 yesterday. Uh, and it just feels like it just feels like we've lost our grip here a little bit. Um, yes, we can talk about the fact that the Packers making lots of money, which he is. That the margins are really good, and the box beef is yada yada and all that. You know, it is what it is. Um, but the problem is, here is it feels to me like the North at least lacks. Uh, currentness and and therefore isn't able to um you know gain any leverage you know to where the packer would be forced to share some of that um so i think that the worry is that we've got a kind of an imbalance uh in supply here for 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 a little bit uh in the north um you know it's not gonna last forever but it's not the first time in the fall that that's happened either but uh that that seems to be what the worry is right you know for a second here anyway susan well looking and you talk about the the imbalance that's in the north what is it going to take supply wise to kind of get back to a norm well big slaughter uh would be step one Last week we killed 660. Now this week we only killed 632. That's disappointing. Uh, we got to kill more than that. Uh, one thing that will and does help is the fact that these packers do have such big margins. So you're hearing all kinds of uh, uh, stories of cattle getting bought in Iowa, uh, northeast Nebraska, and being exported to, like Kansas. Thankfully, Kansas is actually quite current, and the numbers are actually a little bit tight. Uh, so you're, you know, hearing, uh, you know, nothing. these are the majors, you know, buying cattle up here and and, and uh, hauling them down there, which, you know, it, it'll just take some more time. Uh, I'm a little uncomfortable because I have felt that we've, for several weeks, maybe even up to two months, maybe not done a real great job of marketing here, and some of it because our performance has been so horrible up here in the north. Um, my own personal performance, I can, cattle that I've but for years and years, it always grow three, three, grow two, eight, a two, nine. Had a horrible winter, and then we went right into 104 degree summertime. Um, so, I, you know, some of that is is not necessarily that people have been making a conscious decision to try to mess things up. Some of it has just been, you know, difficult performance and cattle that lose money. So it's a little easier to fight the market, a little more tempting to fight the market. And replacement feeder cattle costs certainly not like they were a year ago at this time, where you could buy, you know, lower break evens than you were selling. So, yeah. It, it just kind of made for a bad batch of, uh, uh, you know, for, for, for the 
just a bad batch of, of ingredients here for a minute, which I think we can crawl our way out of, but it's going to take more than just a couple days. Haven't heard a lot of talk about cattle from Missouri, Oklahoma, areas of Kansas and Texas that are drought-stricken being affected in the marketplace. I've seen cattle being listed for sale because of the drought, but when are we going to see an influx on that affecting the market? Probably about 11 minutes from now. It's a great question, by the way. <laughs> not surprised coming from you, you know. Um, uh, where do the placements keep coming from? Or I'm stepping ahead of you a little bit. You had a good, very, very good question. But, you know, so we're looking at a, a cattle and feed report that's coming out at 2 o'clock. Um, and they're, they're guessing 106% placements again. You're going like, are you kidding me? Again? We're going to have more than a year ago? What is this, 15 in a row or something like that? Uh, where do they keep coming from? These cows having triplets? You know, I'm all my smart aleck you know responses but and now some of the feeling is that the reason that the placements are going to be big again is because of what you're suggesting there's there's a couple of areas here that are still you know very very much so suffering from uh, the effects of uh, of drought missouri certainly won uh, parts of west texas uh, certainly won um you know so so that i suppose that's gonna encourage some light cattle plate getting placed here again I, at least that's the excuse otherwise i'm i'm running out of a, uh, ways to explain how we can continue to place that many more cattle in a year ago what about for these hogs the hope and the and the fingers crossed that nafta deal with mexico gets taken care of let's hope so that's the one thing that's that's the one you know cause for hope um I, you know, I, again, I've been told over and over that we're close. You know, just the day before yesterday, I, you know, okay, we got a handshake agreement, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it doesn't seem like we get anywhere. But, yes, it feels, the sense is that you know, we're very, very close. i got to give a little bit of a empathy shout out here to the hog guy here because he has experienced a basis shift like I don't know if I can ever remember. Uh, today cash hogs were higher for the first time since the Dead Sea was still sick. Uh, at the same time, you had uh, a futures market that, you know, you had cash go down every day and the futures market rallied $12. You talk about a basis adjustment. So anybody that thinks that this cash settlement's a great idea for cattle, I'd like to I'd like to remind them of just the way this hog thing can be just an improbable basis deal. It's ridiculous. Um, but yes, I think that we've finally, finally breathed a little life in this hog market. I think that the African swine fever thing is a story, and I would not, don't discount that, don't underestimate that. I think that potentially as a, is, as the, as the, that could be a game changer, uh, okay? Um, uh, it, it's not getting better. Uh, history with, uh, with, with China there would be a little bit of, they tell you what uh, they're willing to have you here. Well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell from the Nebraska State Fair on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network at the Nebraska State Fair. I'm Susan Littlefield. Brad Coyman joins us with Coyman K-Mig out of Sioux Center, Iowa. Let's jump over to the, the grain side of the trade action today. We saw some mixed numbers on the grains. Of course, a lot of talk has been all week, and no surprise, Brad, especially through social media, has been the Pro Farmer Tour. Uh, you're 100% right. That seems to have been the... Um you know, the, the every every afternoon, uh, you know, punch in the stomach again, right? Uh, how, how awesome the crop looks again, uh, for the most part. Um, you know, although I would say that maybe one of the 
themes that seemed to come out of it was that there maybe was a, a crop that was a little more consistent if there is such a thing when you're doing a crop tour than sometimes, you know, but it's just it's that kind of smile. I've been at this long enough that I remember many, many, many of these crop tours and, and, and uh, you know, it makes a difference if you take a picture of the field driveway where there's compaction and there's no corn or if you go find the biggest uh, ear of corn that you can find. But there's no denying uh, and the government's in agreement uh, and as well as all the uh, crop ratings and things like that that it looks like there's a big crop out there, you know. And, and the Pro Farmer Tour did nothing uh, to uh, to dispel any of that. So we struggled with that all week. Um, we also struggled with the fact that, uh, you know, once we thought maybe we were having just a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, touchy-feely, uh, we're going to talk again with the China deal, uh, you know, then uh, we hear some language that's, no, I don't expect anything good to come out of this. In fact... We're going to put some more tariffs on a couple other products from China, and, and you know, so we just can't seem to catch a break in terms of of, of, uh, of getting anything going. You know, with any kind of relief in terms of the trade talk. Well, and then you know, the livestock producer sits and watches these grain markets with, I think, just as much anticipation as the grain farmer does. Uh, for sure, and, and and unfortunately, this is getting. This, this, you know, the, the, what segment of agriculture is a runaway right now? The cattle lose money, the hogs lose a lot of money. You know, obviously, I want to tell a grain farmer that, you know, I looked at a deal where North Dakota soybeans are below $7 a bushel, and they aren't any good anywhere either. But, I mean, that really struck me, you know. Uh, uh, you know, so you're getting, people are getting a little, more than a little bit, uh, I think, discouraged. Uh, so, hopefully... I, you know, I was looking at some long-term stuff on the grain stuff, you know, and going like, well, how often do you get a chance to to, uh, to, to uh, make a low in August, lower than July? Eh, unfortunately, quite often you do. I had hoped that that July low that we had made here in the grains was the low, and I guess if, if I was still, you know, if you want to bet a Bud Light on it, I guess I would still bet that that's the low. Um, but we need to get up and out of here now. Um, I think the market at some point will will uh, move itself away from how big the crop is and maybe more towards yes but it's still worth something and look at least in the terms of the corn side of it how good demand is and it's better than good it's really very very good on the bean side of the thing i keep thinking that they can talk all they want i still think china's going to do business with us in the fourth quarter and i'm hoping that that provides a little bit of lift for the market and and right now everybody's sure that this crop is a monster what if it's just slightly less than that. But I, I guess I would still want to paint a little bit of enthusiasm that maybe the market can get, get up and out of here a little bit. And when it comes to China, I mean, the people got to eat, the livestock have to eat, and they can't buy everything from South America. Uh, no, particularly if they don't have any inventory the fourth quarter, which is what I'm told is kind of the case. You know, Don't forget that the South America is a little different than us. They don't have an elevator uh, on every corner. Um, they don't have the infrastructure or the ability to store like we do. In fact, their whole finance system is based on a way different deal, too, where there's a, a certain amount of time where these farmers that finance it need to... Uh, sell grain in order to, to satisfy some of the, the, the way they do their lending. So I, uh, I, this is a little bit out of my area of expertise, of course, but I still think people that are much smarter than me are telling me that they expect that they're going to do some business with us the fourth quarter, and it looks to me like the way I read the tea leaves anyway that that would make perfect sense to me. The USDA, Brad, made an announcement of 145,000 metric tons of beans sold to an unknown today. Could that unknown be China? 
I saw that just when you and I were starting <laughs> to talk. I uh, works works for me, but I, I um, in typical fashion, that's who it would be too. Actually, you know, uh, it starts out as that unknown thing and then ends up there. So, um, you know, price does 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 also increase demand. So let's hope that we get something going like that too. I I, I would like to to think that this generally 850 area is going to provide some support there uh, for for the. Or the soybeans is just as much as this double bottom low that we had in the corn the last two days. I hope that's about enough. And of course, the talk of early harvest and just in our neck of the woods, they're going to start chopping silage yet this week. They started uh, not too far from here, actually, once the ground got dry. We've had rain a lot, you know, but they're getting uh, a bit of a start here, too. The dairy guys are going to get going big time next week, I would think. Well, um, and so we'll start to hear some of those yield guesses from them. That'll be interesting, too. Very much so. What's the best way for producers to get a hold of you, Brad? Give me a call, 800-358-3047. Thanks for having me on again. Brad Coima joining us with Coima and Kamek out of Sioux Center, Iowa. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell coming to you from the Nebraska State Fair. Come on out and join us here at the fair. We'd love to see you. This will also be podcast coming up after 3 o'clock. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.